Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode. And before we get started, I want to say a word of prayer so that way the Lord will be with us and His Holy Spirit will lead and guide and direct us. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day that you've given to us, for life and health and for all of the blessings. Lord, we know that the world is absolutely crazy right now, but you have given us so many precious promises in the Bible that you would be with us and lead and guide and direct us. Help us to get rid of every sin that is besetting us. Help us to be willing to sacrifice everything for you. Lord, I ask that you continue to help us to know the truth so that we can be able to stand up for it when the time comes. And I ask that you continue to be with those who don't know the truth yet. Help us to be a light shining that truth to them so that they can come out of the darkness. We ask all these things in your precious, holy, wonderful Son name. Amen. All right. Today I wanted to talk about the parable about the pearl. It is so interesting, but I'm going to be mainly reading from Christ's object lessons and commenting on it. So if you want to follow along at home, you can. But this parable is really important. All of the parables are. And he gave us these parables to help us to understand and put it in simple terms for us so that when we look at the world around us, we see the lessons that he was trying to portray to us. And that is so amazing because every time I think about the pearl and a net and things that I know of even today, I think of these lessons. And you can think of lessons of nature all around you. Nature is a the first book that God ever created and it's a beautiful book and it always teaches us things of our Savior. So with that, let's get into this. She says, the blessings of redeeming love our Savior compared to a precious pearl. He illustrated his lesson by the parable of the merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Christ himself is the pearl of great price. In him is gathered all the glory of the Father, the fullness of the Godhead. He is the brightness of the Father's glory and the express image of his person. The glory of the attributes of God is expressed in his character. Every page of the Holy Scripture shines with his light. The righteousness of Christ as a pure white pearl has no defect, no stain, no work of man can improve the great and precious gift of God. It is without a flaw. In Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, Colossians 2.3. He is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, 1 Corinthians 1.30. All that can satisfy the needs and longings of the human soul for this world and for the world to come is found in Christ. Our Redeemer is the pearl so precious that in comparison all things else may be accounted loss. That is amazing to think about. Everything that we know of today and all of the things that we could have, money, love from another person, whether that be family or a significant other, all of that is nothing compared to the love that we find in our Savior. The things of the world cannot compare. That is why we must get rid of all sin because sin has no place in heaven. And furthermore, Jesus is worth far more than anything that we can get out of a few moments of pleasure. We need to ask ourselves whether the thing that we are doing is worth losing out our soul on eternity. We need to have that pearl of great price, which is Christ and his love for us. She continues, Christ came unto his own and his own received him not, John 1.11. The light of God shone into the darkness of the world and the darkness comprehended it not, John 1.5. 
but not all were found indifferent to the gift of heaven. The merchant man in the parable represents a class who were sincerely desiring truth. In different nations there were earnest and thoughtful men who had sought in literature and science and the religions of the heathen world for that which they could receive as the soul's treasure. Among the Jews there were those who were seeking for that which they had not. Dissatisfied with a formal religion, they longed for that which was spiritual and uplifting. Christ's chosen disciples belonged to the latter class, Cornelius and the Ethiopian eunuch to the former. They had been longing and praying for light from heaven, and when Christ was revealed to them, they received him with gladness. And sometimes we get caught up in the details of things. We forget about the things that really matter, and the details do matter too, don't get me wrong, but we need to have that love and longing in our heart to want more, to be close, connected with our Savior. We need to have a longing for righteousness, a longing to be with the one that we love, the one who saved us from our sins in the first place. And it is a lot of work. The Christian walk is not one of ease and comfort. If it was, anybody could be saved. It is not once saved, always saved. We must work for our salvation with fear and trembling because it can be easily taken away. She continues, in the parable, the pearl is not represented as a gift. The merchant man bought it at the price of all that he had. Many question the meaning of this. Since Christ is represented in the scriptures as a gift, he is a gift, but only to those who give themselves soul, body, and spirit to him without reserve. We are to give ourselves to Christ, to live a life of willing obedience to all his requirements. All that we are, all the talents and capabilities we possess are the Lord's, to be consecrated to his servant. When we thus give ourselves wholly to him, Christ with all the treasures of heaven gives himself to us. We obtain the pearl of great price. So all of the talents that we have that we're capable of doing, whether it's singing, whether it's podcasts, whether it's giving notes to somebody, being kind to your neighbors, doing a good deed without getting anything back, whether it's helping do the dishes, something simple like that, big or small, whether we cook something for somebody else, whether we give a compliment when needed or encouragement where we see somebody is down. All of these things are gifts and talents that we can use to better other people's lives and to bring them closer to Jesus. And we must use these gifts because Christ gave it to us. We must know that these things were not given to us to be selfish with them, but to use them in a way that brings others and yourself closer to the Lord. That is why we must be careful of pride, because this fits in. If we get too cocky with the things that we do, then we can lead us into a slippery slope that will just be caring about what we can get out of it instead. She continues, salvation is a free gift, and yet it is to be bought and sold. In the market of which divine mercy has the management, the precious pearl is represented as being being bought without money and without price. In this market, all may obtain the goods of heaven. The treasury of the jewels of truth is open to all. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, the Lord declares, and no man can shut it. No sword guards the way through this door. Voices from within and at the door say, Come. The Savior's voice earnestly and lovingly invites us. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich. Revelation 3, 8 and 18. The gospel of Christ 
Christ is a blessing that all may possess. The poorest are as well able as the richest to purchase salvation, for no amount of worldly wealth can secure it. It is obtained by willing obedience, by giving ourselves to Christ as his own purchased possession. Education, even of the highest class, cannot of itself bring a man nearer to God. The Pharisees were favored with every temporal and every spiritual advantage, and they said with boastful pride, we are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Yet they were wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, Revelation 3.17. Christ offered them the pearl of great price, but they disdained to accept it. And he said to them, the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you, Matthew 21.31. This is where we need to be careful because especially in today's day and age, education is perverted in many ways in a lot of the schools that you go to. It's hard to find a school that is according to the principles that Christ set out for us. And education can lead you down a road that leads you away from truth instead of toward truth. So we must be very careful with these things. People who think they know and have been in the faith for a long time aren't willing to put aside error when you present it to them either. And it could be about health. It could be about biblical prophecies that you know. It could be about any number of things that they have believed wrong throughout the years. We must always be willing to learn and study and grow because that is what we'll be doing throughout all eternity. We will never say, oh, I know everything and therefore I cannot be taught. No, we can be taught and we should be willing to be taught. That doesn't mean we accept everything that everybody tells us. No, we must study to search and show ourselves approved. That is what the Bereans did and that is what we must do too. She continues with this. We cannot earn salvation, but we are to seek for it with as much interest and perseverance as those who would abandon everything in the world for it. We are to seek for the pearl of great price, but not in worldly marts or in worldly ways. The price we are required to pay is not gold or silver, for this belongs to God. Abandon the idea that temporal and spiritual advantages will win for you you salvation. God calls for you willing obedience. He asks you to give up your sins. To him that overcometh Christ declares, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. Revelation 3.21. And it doesn't matter how big or small the sin is. Sin is sin and we must call it by its right name and we must get rid of it. We must get rid of everything in our lives, whether it's something we eat, what we drink, what we wear, what we watch, what we do with our time, and how we spend it. These are the things that are going to be important. How we treat people, how we talk and act with them, how we respond, and how we are as a person. All of these things factor into it. We must be like Christ. We must overcome as he overcame, and we can do that with the Holy Spirit's help. We must pray. We must go daily and die daily from what we want and what we would like. And it is a day-by-day -day process. Don't get overwhelmed by all of the days and weeks to come. Take one day at a time and work with the Lord on that day and he will help you. And then tomorrow will worry about itself. In fact, she has this to say about what happens if we do not tear and get rid of those sins in our lives. This is what she says in R.H. August 1, 8. 
1599, paragraph 6. The evils are to be cut away from the life. Sins are to be repented of. Though they are as scarlet, they may be made as white as snow. Just as great a transformation as possible is to take place in the character. But if, after test and trial, after being brought into connection with those who work faithfully in their behalf, men and women do not give evidence that they have been purified from wrong habits and practices, they show that they do not appreciate the pearl of great price. If they are dishonest in any transaction, temporal or spiritual, if they are not straightforward, they show that they regard the rich mercies of God as a common thing. They cannot see the value of the pearl of great price. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. God declares, but if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. How has the faithful city become an harlot? How have those who have had every opportunity to know the truth become defiled with the corruptions of the ungodly? It was full of judgment, righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. Thy silver has become dross, thy wine mixed with water. We must get sin out of our lives, otherwise we will continue down a bad road and we will lose the light which we once had and we will walk in darkness never more to get back the wonderful light that we used to know and follow the lord promises such wonderful things and the most wonderful thing of all is to spend eternity without sin and sickness and to spend it with him and in love and beauty and grace to walk and talk with him and to learn more of him and just to be in his presence daily and that should be enough for us and unfortunately and sadly it isn't enough for some people she continues there are some who seem to be always seeking for the heavenly pearl but they do not make an entire surrender of their wrong habits they do not die to self that christ might live in them therefore they do not find the precious pearl they have not overcome unholy ambition and their love for worldly attractions they do not take up the cross and follow christ in the path of self-denial and sacrifice almost christians yet not fully christians they seem near the kingdom of heaven but they cannot enter there almost but not wholly saved means to be not almost but wholly lost these are very powerful words and we need to take them into consideration because this is going to be our condition if we do not give up the things that we hold on to and i'm talking for myself just as much as to the rest of you i'm not perfect there are things in my life that have to change there are things in my life that i need the lord's help with just like everybody on this planet nobody is perfect but we can through the lord's help overcome all sin and make it on the other side and we must we must do that because almost saved is not saved it is lost entirely and we can be lost entirely if we do not change and with the way that the world is going now is the time more than ever to get ourselves ready for his soon coming she continues the parable of the merchant man seeking goodly pearls has a double significance it applies not only to men as seeking the kingdom of heaven but to christ as seeking 
his lost inheritance christ the heavenly merchantman seeking goodly pearls saw in lost humanity the pearl of price in man defiled and ruined by sin he saw the possibilities of redemption hearts that have been the battleground of the conflict with satan and that have been rescued by the power of love are more precious to the redeemer than are those who have never fallen god looked upon humanity not as vile and worthless he looked upon it in christ saw it as it might become through redeeming love he collected all the riches of the universe and laid them down in order to buy the pearl and jesus having found it resets it in his own diadem for they shall be as the stones of a crown lifted up as an ensign upon his land zechariah 9:16. they shall be mine saith the lord of hosts in that day when i make up my jewels malachi 3:17. but christ as the precious pearl and our privilege of possessing this heavenly treasure is the theme on which we most need to dwell it is the holy spirit that reveals to men the preciousness of the goodly pearl the time of the holy spirit's power is the time when in a special sense the heavenly gift is sought and found in christ's day many heard the gospel but their minds were darkened by false teachings and they did not recognize in the humble teacher of galilee the scent of god but after christ's ascension his enthronement in his meditorial kingdom was signalized by the outpouring of the holy spirit on the day of pentecost the spirit was given christ's witnesses proclaimed the power of the risen savior the light of heaven penetrated the darkened minds of those who had been deceived by the enemies of christ they now saw him exalted to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to israel and forgiveness of sins acts 5:31. they saw him encircled with the glory of heaven with infinite treasures in his hands to bestow upon all who would turn from their rebellion as the apostles set forth the glory of the only begotten of the father three thousand souls were convicted they were made to see themselves as they were sinful and polluted and christ is their friend and redeemer christ was lifted up christ was glorified through the power of the holy spirit resting upon men by faith these believers saw him as the one who had borne humiliation suffering and death that they might not perish but have everlasting life the revelation of christ by the spirit brought to them a realizing sense of his power and majesty and they stretched forth their hands to him by faith saying i believe this is amazing and it just goes to show once again how important a role the holy spirit plays on our salvation and revealing things to us he is the one who makes that impression so deep in our minds that we feel like we can see what christ actually went through during his time on this earth especially during those final scenes and when he ascended it is amazing when we contemplate and think of the story of the cross and what he went through for us we should spend a thoughtful hour a day we are told on the life of christ and especially his final moments on earth these things will make the soul long for heaven to long to be right with the lord the holy spirit leads us to want to give up the things of this world and we must cling on to that precious gift we must pray for it we must do as the disciples did long ago in the upper room and pray for the holy spirit to rest upon us and we can with his help get over all of these things 
and we can realize more the sense of his power and his majesty and the things that they have planned for us in the future. We need to seek the pearl of great price. Prophecy is being fulfilled and we see it going on now with the pestilences and the disasters and the natural disasters and the wickedness abounding in the world. All of these things are telling us to get ready, get ready for Jesus is soon coming to get us and bring us home. And imagine 3,000 souls were convicted. If we allow the Holy Spirit in our hearts, think of the work that we can do in convicting and converting others and shedding the light upon the dark world that is around us. We are privileged to know the truth. We must seek and search it out. We must be willing to give all up for it, just like these people are willing to sell all that they have for the pearl and for the treasure. We know that the Lord was willing to give and sacrifice all of these things for us. How much more should we be willing to give up all for Christ? And he is the greatest treasure this world has ever seen. We can be saved. We can be with Jesus. All is not lost. We must not get discouraged. We are given such great and precious promises that we can cling to and claim for our own when the devil tries to get us down. The devil is trying to discourage us because he knows the work that we can do when we allow Christ fully in our hearts and we get out every single selfish thing that resides within us. We must let go of self and let Christ in because then a true work can begin and then others can see in us a light that is shining forth and they'll want it for themselves. People are searching for the truth. People want to know what to do to get saved, especially when all is fearful and people are wondering if this is the end of the world because of the virus that is going on and because of the diseases and the other diseases and the natural disasters and the economy that is going to be crashing because of all of this happening around us. So people are looking for answers. Now is the time to tell them, to warn them of what is to come and to get them to see and understand the love that Christ has for them and how much that Christ has for us. He was wounded for us. He bore humiliation, suffering, and death so that we could have everlasting life and not perish. And we must tell the world that. And then they will say, like all of those people of old, that they believe and that they want what we have. And then when they go forth and reach out, they reach more people and those people reach more people. And before you know it, you have numerous amount of people, as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sands of the sea, who follow and know the Lord. That is an amazing thought. She continues with this. Then the glad tidings of a risen Savior were carried to the uttermost bounds of the inhabited world. The church beheld converts flocking to her from all directions. Believers were reconverted. Sinners united with Christians in seeking the pearl of great price. The prophecy was fulfilled. The weak shall be as David and the house of David, as the angel of the Lord. Zechariah 12.8 Every Christian saw in his brother the divine similitude of benevolence and love. One interest prevailed. One object swallowed up all others. All hearts beat in harmony. The only ambition of the believers was to reveal the likeness of Christ's character and to labor for the enlargement of his kingdom. The multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Acts 4.38
4, 32, and 33. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved, Acts 2, 47. The Spirit of Christ animated the whole congregation, for they had found the pearl of great price. And this can happen today for us. We must be willing to receive the Holy Spirit. We must open our hearts. We must get ready. Time is running short and we need to get others ready and ourselves ready for a time that is coming such as we have never seen. It is high time that we awake out of sleep. And it is amazing that all of this happened in a matter of short times. And we are told that the end of the world is going to be rapid. events that happen, the things that take place. So there's no time to dilly-dally. We must prepare our heart, soul, and mind. We must give it all up for him, and we must seek the pearl of great price. And the reward is great because we will be with the Savior that loves us. We will learn and sit at his feet. We will get to hug and hold him and hear his stories firsthand, learn the lessons that he wants from us. We'll get to meet and talk with people who have gone through experiences like our own, who have struggled and fought and survived and kept the faith alive. We will get to hear the stories of angels of how they looked on upon us and how they were trying to encourage us and be there for us. And how even though when we failed and struggled, the Holy Spirit was working for us and how the Lord interceded on our behalf. And after all of that, we were able to conquer and fight against the darkness and come out victorious on the other end and be with those in heaven and see his face and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And we will cast our crowns at Jesus' feet and we will worship with him forever and ever. And that is the most amazing, beautiful thing Thing you could ever think or want. And it is so sad and unfortunate that people do not want that. There are some people in this world who think that sounds awful. And that is so sad when I hear things like that and that they don't realize what a gift, what a precious promise, and what a thing it is that we are able to have and to know and to do and what we get to look forward to. It is absolutely amazing and I hope that you long for it just as much as I long for it. Pray for me as I pray for all of you. This is the final quote, she says, These scenes are to be repeated and with greater power. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost was the former rain, but the latter rain will be more abundant. The Spirit awaits our demand and reception. Christ is again to be revealed in His fullness by the Holy Spirit's power. Men will discern the value of the precious pearl, and with the Apostle Paul they will say, What things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Philippians 3, 7 and 8. And we will be saying those same exact words that Paul wrote. And we have this awaiting for us. We must get to this point where we receive the latter reign of the Holy Spirit and we receive the fullness of Christ's love in our hearts and the redemption that he longs to give us. We must work out our salvation. As I said before, it is not something that is just given to us, but we can fight for it because it is worth the fight. R.H. April 21, 1896, paragraph 5 says, but even in the corrupt condition in which the society of today is, there are souls capable of better 
better things, souls represented by Christ under the symbol of the lost pearl. Christ gave up everything that he might seek and save that which was lost, that he might recover the pearl that he valued at infinite cost. What are we ready to do to cooperate with him in this work? What sacrifice are we ready to make that we may find the lost pearl and place it in the hands of our Savior? The cities are teeming with iniquity, and Satan suggests that it is impossible to do any good within their borders, and so they are sadly neglected. But there are lost pearls there, whose value you cannot realize until you earnestly seek to find them. There might be 100 workers where there is but one, who might be seeking diligently, prayerfully, and with intense interest to find the pearls that are buried in the rubbish of the cities. So we must do the labor. We must go out and tell them of the truth because people are longing to know and to seek after the pearl. And we know what that pearl is. And we can help the Lord recover those that are lost. And we must do this because it is worth it. And then we will have stars in our crown. And this is why I do these podcasts, hoping that people out there will listen and hear and be touched by some part of it and will want to have a closer deeper connection with Christ and to discover the truths that are in the Bible and I hope that you want to do the same thing we must be a light we must shed off the darkness and with this I wanted to sing this song that I thought fit really well with what we were talking about a lot of songs would fit really well with this but this is what I chose you are my all in all you are my strength when I am weak you are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your Taking my sin, my cross, my shame, rising again, I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, treasure that I see. You are my all in all. And 
Jesus is my all in all and I want him to be my all in all. And I hope that you want that too. And remember what it says in Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. So with all of this being said, let your light so shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.